narcissists don't have any emotions. They don't have any feelings. They don't have any empathy. They don't have any care. So that's why they continue to do what they do and continue to hurt other people. Have you heard people say this before? A lot of times people will say different things that they might not have a clue about just to make themselves feel better about the relationship. At the end of the day, the narcissist has feelings, has emotions, but what they actually choose to do with them is a whole entirely different story. At the end of the day, you need to understand that regardless of what people talk about on how this is a spectrum or what level of abuse or what level this person is diagnosed or what level this person has the disorder or not disorder, at the end of the day, it comes down to a simple thing, and that is choice. The other person's choice to abuse you or not to abuse you. That's it. A lot of times people want to excuse it away or to blame different things, except for the fact that this person still has a choice to hurt you or a choice not to. Well, we when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk about this, we start stepping into the realm of empathy and emotions and feelings, and there's a lot of different opinions on that. I want to kind of break a little bit down today and talk through the aspect of empathy, emotions, and feelings when we talk about a narcissist. This is not to promote uh, sympathy for the narcissist. This is not to promote an aspect of like feeling bad for the narcissist, because honestly, I don't think you should. I don't think that you should feel bad for someone who continues to choose abuse over honesty, who continues to choose belittling and degrading over vulnerability. And over and over and over again, we see these different things happen in multiple relationships where one person is not willing to get help. One person not willing to be honest about their situation, about who they are, about what's actually going on. So it's not meant to be sympathy or to gain your appreciation or approval or whatever. And it's just meant to be able to say, hey, this is how narcissist and this is how I a lot of times process different types of emotions. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel providing awareness about narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARC app, and your guide in the Escape Toxicity Challenge, which is a seven-day challenge to help you understand narcissistic abuse, reactive abuse, the guilt that you feel in being with a narcissist, and start to see how we actually help people get free on a daily basis. Our goal is to try to help liberate you from the toxic relationship mentally, emotionally, physically, to be able to step into a place of certainty and control and honesty with yourself so that you can continue to move forward and become the person you're called to be, regardless of what's happened to you in the past, but helping you actually stand as a beacon of light for your kids, for your family, for your friends, to be able to help you move forward in that growth and in that healing process. Well, what is actually happening when we talk about empathy, first and foremost, and then we'll talk about our feelings and emotions, okay? When we talk about empathy, a lot of people, first and foremost, say narcissists have no empathy at all. They're incapable of empathy. It's not even a piece in their body that works. Now, there's some stuff that proves that by showing even the gray matter in the brains of the disconnection of the primary caregiver early on that promoted this aspect of not having as much empathy in their lives. Okay, so totally get that. The piece that you need to understand is the narcissist is not incapable and doesn't uh, necessarily always have no empathy whatsoever. Even in the DSM-5, it says they lack empathy, and then it says is unwilling to acknowledge or identify with the feelings and needs of others. 
So what that shows is there's also a lot of people that have a certain level of empathy, but they're unwilling, unwilling to actually identify that, hey, you're struggling with this, unwilling to identify with your needs, because if they do, what it actually says about themselves. You have to remember, narcissism is very circular in reasoning of like, it all comes back to me. Nobody else, it comes back to me. And so whatever I do has impact on me, which I need to be concerned about because I don't want to look bad into certain people. Same thing happens when we talk about empathy. Narcissist knows if I show empathy, it's going to show that I did something wrong. If I did something wrong, that means I'm bad. It deals with the guilt, it deals with the shame. They don't want to deal with that because they're shame avoided. So like, let me run from that. Let me do whatever I can to get away from that versus actually working through the truth. So there is times in my relationship where I knew that my wife needed me to apologize, or I knew that my wife wanted a hug versus yelling in control. Like I knew these things were there, but I didn't want to actually embrace them. I didn't want to actually walk into that reality because if I did, it would actually validate that her feelings were real and that she was crying and upset and frustrated at me. I didn't want to deal with the fact that she was frustrated at me because if I did, it meant that I did something wrong. Meaning that if I did something wrong, I was uh, that, that, that was bad. And as a result, shame kicks in and says, I am bad. Didn't want to do that because that was incongruent with the mask that I already put out there for the rest of society because I wanted to look and act and appear a certain way. So as a result, it's better to yell. It's better to rock away. It's better to gaslight. It's better to do all these other things. In my mind, it's better to do all these things than it is to actually be honest of what's actually going on and open up and say, hey, I see what's going on. Like, I see how I hurt you. I'm sorry. I apologize. Like, those different things and having changed behavior, okay? Those different things weren't a part of my life. They weren't a part of what I do. Because a lot of times, narcissists will take and will compartmentalize things. Now, I was on a live the other day. We were talking about compartmentalization. And for me, I was like, I never even knew what it was. I didn't know, like, how it showed up. I didn't know pieces about it uh, just because... Never knew, okay? But growing up, I knew that I had these boxes, okay? I knew that I had boxes in my life for different people, for different emotions, for different feelings, for different things. I knew I had these boxes. And these boxes made it so that I could actually experience or deal with certain emotions in certain ways and then put them back in the box. Now, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This aspect is called compartmentalization and there's different levels of it per se, but I tried to be able to look at, hey, this is what I was feeling and I don't like this feeling, so therefore I have to put it in a box. I have to put it away. So kind of consider in my mind, it was like this idea of having a giant warehouse. This giant warehouse just has tons and tons of boxes. Now, there's a side of it that is all about emotions. There's a side of it that's all about experiences. Way back in the back, it has to do with a couple people, okay? So in this aspect of a warehouse in my mind, what I would do is when I'd experience or run across an emotion that I didn't like or didn't want to deal with or, or was afraid of or like, hey, that'd be showing vulnerability and weakness, all these other things, then I would take that and I would actually box it up. So I'd take the emotion, physically like put it inside the box, close it up, and stick it on the shelf in the warehouse. I'm like, I don't have to deal with that. 
Now, then there was times of needing to process that. Would I process that in front of other people? No, not at all. Because that piece of processing any type of emotion in front of other people was weakness, was vulnerability, was honesty. And so in doing that, I had to be able to avoid that to make sure that I wasn't the one actually showing up in this way. However, for me personally, there'd be times then that I'd go back, maybe in my bed when I'm like, and everything's quiet and there's nobody around, like even growing up, like that I would go back and I would take the box off the shelf, open it back up, experience it, think about it, feel it in one sense, and then close it back up. And so what this did a lot of times is it made me very disconnected from things that happen like in the moment. So like it made me disconnected from someone whose dog just died because I already thought and experienced whatever emotion before that. Uh, it, it got me disconnected from, you know, a death in the family because I'd already thought and experienced emotion about that. Uh, or I process it onto the side with no one else around. This is why growing up, like there's never any tears. There's never any crying about things because it already was processed. It was like, okay, whatever, moving on. Like there wasn't really this thought process of like the empathy piece that's like, oh my gosh, I need to cry about this. Like this is welling up inside me. That wasn't there. So then getting to the place of getting into therapy and starting to work through this, different pieces started to break down. One of them that was the, the mind-blowing one for me at the time was my therapist telling me that emotions aren't bad. New to me because I had to box them up because they were bad to me because they were attacking me a lot of times. Like they were things that made me feel in a certain way that I didn't want to feel. So as a result, I kept putting them away. But when she explained, hey, emotions aren't good or bad, they just are. Like they just, everybody experiences them. You have emotions, you have emotions. Like they just happen. For me, I was like weighing them on a scale. I was like thinking these are good ones, these are bad ones. Like experience these, don't experience these, all these kind of things. But she was like, hey, like emotions aren't bad. And I was like, hmm, okay, that's new. Like just kind of shattered that frame of reference for me thinking about emotions. And then it opened up the, the opportunity to give us more capacity to start working on those emotions. How do I actually feel about those? How do I actually work with those? How do I actually bring those into a conversation and not run away from the conversation? Like all of this has been a giant journey. One of the things that's helped me has been going through the process that we use inside of our Thriver community called stacking of being able to help you rewire the story that you believe. So I would be able to go through and start to rewire my thought process. Of like I was telling myself a story and these are the emotions I was feeling about it, but it actually wasn't true. It was actually a false story. It was a false reality. It was something that I put in my head to feel better about myself or created to quote unquote protect myself. And so a lot of what I would do would try to run and try to hide from different things so that I didn't have to deal with it. So I didn't have to feel it. So I didn't have to experience it. And a lot of this used that whole aspect of compartmentalization. Like let me box it up. Let me hide it. Now, after going through therapy and still in therapy and working through this stacking process, which I've done about 1300 or so at the time of this recording, like I've worked on being able to embrace and work on these feelings. Now I'm able to also activate them sometimes when I'm around certain types of music, not even like one certain type, but like certain types of music where I hear and I get involved in the music and all of a sudden I feel an emotion and I'm just like, I don't know where this comes from. So we had an experience uh, probably about a month or two ago now, like in church, where I was at a place and like heard the music, felt emotion. First time it happened, felt emotion, and I like, uh, and like pulled it back down because I was like, didn't want to experience it. Second time, like felt it, kind of felt it for like a couple seconds longer, and then kind of pulled it back down. And third time, got to the place where I actually like felt it and, and almost experienced it, I guess you could say. Like like felt it, it was there, it was present. Uh, and then it kind of dissipated and kind of pulled back down. 
And then fourth time, I like this is like multiple weeks or whatever. But like like fourth time, like I just let it out. And like I'm there in the middle of the church service, we're like singing, and I'm just like crying, and I'm like I have no clue why I'm crying. But it's look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Is there. Okay, so like this whole journey of uncovering and figuring out emotions and how to even process them, still new on. Still trying to figure out. There's still times where just stuff is random, where a lot of it isn't accessible yet. A lot of it I'm still working on. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at. So this is, at the time of this recording, two and a half years of being in talk therapy, six months of EMDR, and then also 1,300 stacks of helping me rewire this thought process, which is the same thought process and same teaching that I actually bring to clients because I want them to understand how to be able to do this because it's been so transformational and so helpful in my journey of being able to break things down to help me rewire the story that I believe. If you want to know more about this or if you want to see what join some of our communities that focus on this type of technique uh, you can go to www.rawmotivations.com click on the one-on-ones would love to help you out there if you're just like hey i want to get started on my journey then escape toxicity click on the link in any of the bios or go to escapetoxicity.com today to be able to start off and to be able to start seeing like your journey and the beginning of your healing journey with us so if you haven't already, like, subscribe, share, review, anything like that. would love to have you spread the news about narcissistic abuse so that people understand it more and so people are able to get free faster.